0: Hello and welcome to another edition of our Pro Player Diary here on the In The Money Media Network. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital. Between trips, getting ready, getting starting to pack and think about uh, Baltimore this weekend, but in the Brooklyn bunker right now, and happy to be joined by the pro player himself, Mr. Sean Borman. Sean, what's going on, man?
1: Not much, man. Just uh, had a good workout, ready ready to talk some racing now.
0: I like it. How you been feeling? We talked a little bit earlier on some of these shows about, you know, some of the stuff you were dealing with like physically during your funk, which, you know, certainly can contribute to that kind of stuff. Uh, now that you're out of the funk, back exercising, that's got to that's got to help.
1: Yeah, I feel good. I feel really good actually. Um both phys- physically and mentally. I'm I'm in a better better place i think so it's definitely helped
0: we didn't pause too much on like the emotions around the big win and and you know i assume you hit your goal i mean we talked on an early edition of these shows that you were you were looking to play light and keep it tight and make the kinds of bets where one result could potentially get it all back and and more from the the funky period that you were in at the at the start of these shows is that the way that it went down and like just what did that feel like mentally?
1: Um, you know, I didn't get it all back, um, but I probably got you know eighty percent of the way there, I'd say. And it, you know, it felt it felt good. I mean, it took a took a lot of weight off, a lot of pressure off. Um, I mean, it had been a long, seemingly a long time between between hits like that. So it's you know, in, in some respect it's just nice to know i can still do it (laughs) um you know historically i've I've done very well when i'm sort of backed up against the wall and have to cash tickets so that's you know i've always sort of relied on that history and, and it still seems like it's there but i'm also pretty tired of having to rely on that history i'd like to like right. to figure out a, a better way to make a little more consistent uh, money.
0: That makes sense. Well, I also I love the part of the story that's underrated to me that I made the title of the last episode is that idea about uh, sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't make. The idea that you you didn't get super aggressive despite the possible opportunities, and in the end that that saved you a ton of money that in the past you you would have blown through. I have to figure that judgment. Gives you almost as much confidence as the hit itself. Is that exaggeration?
1: No. I, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've talked to you about sort of my biggest sort of up and down sort of stretch before. I don't know if we've done that personally or on the air. Um, but there was a there was an, an Oaks and Derby weekend years ago. Um, where it was sort of a very similar situation where I hadn't I hadn't really been losing a lot but i just sort of been treading water for like months you know from like the end of the Breeders Cup period the year prior to that derby and you know through the Keeneland Spring Mate I just hadn't really made a ton of progress um, and so it was you know I, I was really anxious to you know, get a good score and, and go into Derby weekend with a little more capital, a little more enthusiasm. Um, and Thursday, this was before Thursday was an actual named day that week, but it was just, you know, Thursday. PT, pre-Thurby. Pre-Thurby. <laughs> yeah, I would argue the racing back then was better than Thurby is now, but that's another, another thing. But there was a, I believe it was like a little turf steak race late in the day that I just crushed like a, you know, I won 25, or, I think it was about 25,000. Um, and I had a big, strong opinion on the Oaks and, and the Derby that year. And was just, you know, I had too much money on my vouchers and too much irrational confidence off, you know, one hit in six months. And you know, I gave 14,000 of it back on Oaks day. It was the worst day I've ever had. And. You know, gave the rest back on Derby Day. Second worst day I've ever had. And it just threw me into a funk, you know. It's just, that was, you know, Mike Mike had always talked about zero to 60 and earning your way to, to bet big. And, and one score doesn't do that. You know, it's got to be a more consistent process. And I didn't go to zero to 60. I went zero to 120. <laughs> and, you know, had bad opinions and you know, gave every penny of it back. Um, so I've always sort of held on to that and and tried to never, never do that again. So I, I actually, when I was sitting here Derby Day betting, I thought back to that and I was like, you know, it, it it's real easy to think you have a strong opinion in this race coming up and and blow too much money when you don't really have that strong opinion.
0: What's happened to you since um, the, the that weekend? I mean, I get you've had some Hong Kong days. Had, did you get involved at all last weekend in any of the in any of the domestic stuff? What's What's been your uh, betting life look like?
1: No, I didn't do much. I, I glanced at um, something last weekend. I can't remember what it was. Was there like a Perry, was it was a carrier belmont or something he
0: did a there was a, a mandatory a golf stream with those two yeah,
1: no, c- certainly didn't look at that
0: yeah
1: i think i glanced at I, you know i found a horse actually a churchill that i liked but it's it ended up scratching um so i didn't play that and I, I think there was something at belmont i looked at but i ended up deciding i didn't like it i didn't like that sequence either so i didn't i didn't do that i've just played i've just played hong kong since then. Um, and and didn't didn't really have any success. The, the overnight shot-in card was sort of a mess. It started, you know, raining real heavy, and the track got a little funky. Um, where guys, you know, they 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 start diving to the outside, especially in the lane. Um, and you you know, they really start saying you know, the jockeys really start telling you by their actions that they the rails bad they don't want to be down on that inside rail because it's so wet and then you know I made a bet on a horse and got snapped because one jockey out of the 14 in this race just stayed on the inside and hugged the rail and saved all the ground and still won so oh. um, sometimes they get a little too cute for their own good I think but I, I do think there was a, a little a little bias there but it, it wasn't quite as severe as they seem to think but um no, so that's that's about all. It' I've given a little bit of those winnings back, but not much.
0: But I mean, in terms of like the amounts and whatnot, you you
1: kept it pretty.
0: You kept it pretty light. You haven't. It doesn't sound like you have stepped things up uh, since the the nice day.
1: No, I haven't. I mean, maybe ten percent, um, but but probably not even that much. I mean, I'm, I'm basically staying on the same program. Um, just trying to find, you know, find spots where I think where the, the public doesn't have a great opinion and where I have a little opinion and, and can bet, you know, but aggressive, aggressive play to, you know, get 20, 30 times my money back. That's sort of what I'm still looking for.
0: And what do you think the most likely scenario for that to, to come up is, or is it the kind of thing where you don't know and you just have to have an idea of what prices should be and just wait till the market gets one wrong essentially?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, Typically, well, I mean, I'll look at Preakness weekend, but I have a very bad historical record on that weekend. Um, The Preakness itself, notwithstanding that, that, you know, I don't follow Maryland enough to know what's going on in some of those undercard races, but I'll, I'll glance at it. I don't really think the Preakness itself is that intriguing of a betting race this year. So I've you know, I probably won't do much there. Um, but just in general, you know, I'm just looking for, uh, especially in Hong Kong. Um, you know, you can, you can get, you know, 10 or 12 to one on, on top figure horses over there. So I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for a horse that is drawn poorly or has a, you know, one of the lesser regarded jockeys that has talent. Um, because I feel like they sort of underbet those scenarios more than they should. But in terms of like the type of bet I'm looking for, it could be anything. I mean, it could be the, the pick three, it might be a trifecta. Preferably it's a like a win bet combined with an exacta kill bet, um, just to keep it simple. But you know, that's that's what I like about the, the Hong Kong racing so much is you don't really have to get into the super exotics to really score. You can you know you can cash. Hell, you can cash plenty out of the exact pool if you if you need to earn the wind pool. I mean, you can bet anything you want to to win. Right. Um, so that's that's sort of what I'm looking for right now.
0: When you think about your year going forward from this point, like what, how much do you plan it out in terms of what you're going to be doing, what goals you might have going forward? Like, how how are you going to guess that things are going to start turning from here?
1: I, you know, I'm this year in particular, I'm probably sort of planning things out more than I typically do. Um, just because I know in the fall uh, you know, the, the project that I've been working on for, for Hong Kong is, you know, I'm going to try to get it up and running by next season, which would be September. Um, so I have a sort of a goal that I'm, focused on there and then just you know Hong Kong season ends and they take off from like mid-July to, to mid-September basically um, and so I need to really sort of plan out now the my summers to, to just make sure I'm covered financially I guess would be the right way to put it so I'm already starting to think you know the season's winding down you know saratoga is a natural progression because it starts like the day that hong kong ends essentially like the there's almost no overlap they and then they'll end right as hong kong gets back and going so i'll i'll probably you know finish up this hong kong season get start getting ready for for saratoga get my figures and everything up to date and then just try to play saratoga as much as i can um and then you know shift back to hong kong in in the fall but I do, you know, I do sort of have a, a monetary goal that I need to hit before the fall, just to to get everything going the way I wanted to. So I'm, you know, typically I don't plan all that much. I just sort of play as I, you know, I. I mean, there's a general plan, but I, I'm probably planning a lot more this year than the typical.
0: Yeah, I have a few follow-ups. What one about the the Hong Kong project for the fall? How much, if at all, do you feel like characterizing that for the, for the audience?
1: Um, So, you know, we, we're going to, a partner and I are basically building a proprietary betting platform, I guess you would call it. Um, You know, we're going to get an odds feed from Hong Kong uh, that we have to pay for. And then, you know, we're going to be able to display, you know, a lot of the stuff that you know, like Marshall talks about on Twitter, like imputed odds from different pools. And we're going to be able to display that the way we want to and have, you know, some betting tools on there to, to bet a little more efficiently. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially going to be like a proprietary ADW, um, a proprietary betting platform that's going to hook into to the ADW I like to use here in the States. So we'll get, you know, better idea of how horses are being bet through the doubles. You know, if there's any discrepancies between the wind pool and the, the price and the doubles, and, you know, just stuff like that. And, and just give me a little better idea of where to put my money. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's something that for pennies on the dollar, what you could do, In the U.S., you know, it's it's much cheaper than than anything like that that you could do in the U.S. And and it's, you know, it's doable in Hong Kong, whereas here the cost of the the barrier to entry is just too high.
0: That's due to the the cost of the data entirely.
1: No. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, because, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was reading an article just this morning in the Wall Street Journal about... Um, a website called data golf and it's you know golf analytics that two guys started two brothers that is you know they just started it as their own sort of thing they were able to get shot by shot data directly from the pga tour it says in the article by using like a like an educational email address so You know, I'm sure they said, you know, we're students, which I think they were at the time. We want to do some research on your data and they were able to get it for free, seemingly. And now, like the site has become like a major driver of golf betting markets, of, of, you know, golf analytics. And that's what could be possible. Hello, Equibase. That's what could be possible if you didn't have to spend ten or $15,000 just to get the data and the programming and everything, you know, that we have to go through. Yeah. So, you know, that's a major hurdle for a lot of people. And it's just, you know, it's funny you mentioned that after i read that just today, I was sitting there reading it, I was thinking, Jesus, like, you know, this industry is so behind on this stuff.
0: I know. I mean, it's um, I, it's, just, I hate it's
1: just sad. This.
0: In the face of some of the stuff we've been dealing with, it it it's like I haven't even thought about that problem in a while. But on the on the plus yeah. side, that feels like it should be an easier one to. Feels like it should be an easier one to solve. Um, yeah,
1: you would think so? You, know, you would think so? But,
0: I don't know if we didn't talk at all. I I did the show with uh, with Jessica and Jay yesterday. You know, sort of on the social license to operate stuff. I I was curious. Um, For you as a gambler and somebody who came at this game, not from growing up loving horses as much as somebody who loved games with numbers and, and, you know, the intellectual challenge and all that, uh, what what do you make of horse racing's marketing problem slash legitimate, um, you know, just mistake after mistake it seems like when trying to communicate what with what this sport is really all about to the to the general public like do you, do you, what's your reaction to all this stuff
1: um you know it's I, i'm really sort of disgusted by it by the the state of the industry in this country um you know my shift to hong kong was primarily financial and, and opportunity based but i'd be lying if i didn't say that i i don't i don't feel as bad supporting their product as i do supporting the product of this country um i don't you know you mentioned on that show you know parents and music teacher yep. and and having to explain to Perrin, you know, what was going on. And, you know, I don't really want to have to have that conversation with my, my girls. I mean, I will someday, I'm sure they'll be watching the race with me and horse will go down and it'll happen. But, you know, it's, it's just such a poorly run industry um, that it just, it, I don't, I don't feel good as a person supporting it that much anymore to be, I mean, and that's just, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving Maggie to swimming, listening to that pod and, you know, Jessica and and Jay were, you know, talking about all the, everything good in their life had come from racing. And I, I was just thinking to myself like, I I can't legitimately say that. Right. I mean, I can't. What's that?
0: You come at it so differently. And, you know, we've had this conversation in a group chat with with Jake and Jonathan, where the three of us are, you know, lamenting the state of the game and talking about it like something we love. And you're you're much more objective and dispassionate, which I think is actually a good thing for having this conversation, because I think you can be we're so subjective. Right. Like we you know, I try to be objective, but I love racing and that's going to color my opinions and my takes on these things. Uh, You know, and I'm cynical enough, but we bring you in and it's 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 I think it's a I think it's actually really interesting to hear your take precisely for that reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I was thinking yesterday, like I can't you know, when I'm done with this, I don't I don't imagine other than, you know, maybe Derby weekend that I'll even think about it. It's just not, you know. I, I, when I'm done, I'm going to be done. It's it's not something that's going to be in my life forever. And and quite frankly, I look forward to the time that it's not in my life. Um, just because there's so many other things that I'm interested in that I'd like to do that I haven't been able to do, you know, spending all these hours doing this. So, you know, it's a it's a you know i'm not saying I, I i want the industry to fail by any stretch I, I certainly don't and i see the good in it but for me personally it's just not it's not a love passion thing it's just a monetary thing right. and um you know it's it's just there's only so long that you can sit there and say, well, this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this needs to happen. And it never happens. In fact, a lot of times the opposite happens. And it's just like, well, why am I, why should I continue to support this? Um, so, you know, that's, that's about, that's where I am.
0: No, I get it. I I'm, I mean, it's a, it's an important perspective. And it's also point out, from an industry point of view, you know some people who are like in the total horse loving you know industry loving camp might be like sh- shook by by what you're by the words that you're saying or think that you're cynical or whatever. But the reality is that horse racing has a sport as an end. the industry has made an unbelievable amount of money off of you. like the way it works in this country specifically, you know you the type of customer you are. I mean, to me, should be of, of paramount importance despite the, any lack of sentimental connection to the pursuits itself. because you' you're the guy funding the whole operation and, and you know, it just doesn't seem like if they're not listening to, to to people like me and and Jay and and Jessica with our you know positions within the industry, they're certainly not looking to hear from people like you. But the reality is that it exists because of people like all of us. And it would be nice if some of these words hit home at some point, whether we're talking about data or we're talking about taking care of our equine athletes or whatever the whatever the cause of the day is. I mean, I hear you, man. Sometimes it's just like beating beating heads against the wall. So we're going to have to continue this conversation. I have to go to the car to move it. I'm going to leave this part in. Sean, I'm going to take my microphone with me. There may be some weird ambient noise sitting out there in the car, but I'm going to call you back in a minute. And for listeners, it's going to be like it didn't even happen. It's going to be like two seconds. Beautiful. There we go. Just like that. We've made the switch. I'm sitting here double parked on Lincoln in Park Slope. This reminds me of the bad old days early on in the podcast where I would occasionally have to do the shows from the parking lot at the Key Food. The Key Food is gone. Condos now. Um, that's just the way things go here in Brooklyn. Back with you here, Sean. Um, we were getting into a not uh, a pleasant, not positive area of the conversation, but I did have one last follow-up from you, which is the only thing that you know made me think you might um, feel a little bit more affection towards the industry than you seemingly do. Is is living in Lexington? I mean, what's it like? What's it like working in this industry in the way that you do? in the seat of the industry there on the breeding side in, in, in Lexington. Does that add any more positive feelings about uh, the, the game as a whole outside of it as a gambling endeavor that's been good to you over the years?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, you know, but honestly I think the breeding industry contributes to a lot of the issues that need to be fixed within the industry. Um, just the, the rush to take horses away and breed them versus actually race them, I think, makes the product much, much worse than it, than it should be or could be. But, you know, I have, you know, I, I have positive feelings for the industry, certainly, um, and I certainly wish it was better, and I want it to be better. I just have no faith that it's ever going to get better. I, I don't know what more evidence the higher-ups in the industry need than, than what they've gotten over the last 20 years. And, and yet they've done nothing um, of any consequence. So, you know, I just try to look at it realistically. And, and you know, for me personally, like, I, you know, I've, I've got to get another 15 years out of this industry to, to make a living and hopefully retire one day. So I've got to figure out how to make that happen for me. So it's on somebody else to figure out how to fix the whole industry because it's just, you know, it's a fucking mess. I mean, where do you start?
0: <laughs> Put another way, as a student of past performances uh, yourself, <laughs> you know seen a whole lot of evidence we need a barn change or something we need, we need- uh,
1: you know blinkers on i mean something jesus <laughs> change the feed i mean who knows what i mean you know it's just i was reading what was i reading yesterday a blog post or something that talked about you know the the hannah organization that i guess has gone away um but they did a poll 15 years ago with horse players about what, you know, the top three things that needed to be changed. And it was the same three things we're talking about now. And nothing has changed.
0: Well, if you go back to that um, NTRA commission put together in the wake of the Fix 6 scandal, and you look at the recommendation that those guys, I think they were all guys, uh, made back then in whatever that was, 2002, 2003, so we're talking 20 years ago, and you know, the tech stuff is probably in there at like number eight or whatever, but you know, the top seven are pretty much all, are pretty much all issues still. It doesn't give, it doesn't give a lot of confidence. And, and, you know, part of me is thought that things have to get worse before, before they get better. And, and maybe, and maybe that's, maybe that's the case. And, and maybe Heisen gives a, a glimpse of a way forward if we can get industry people behind it. But but it's not it's not easy. And, you know, even since that pod I did yesterday, I have another just I mean, these are very soft data points. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to share stories from my own life here to give give a bit of a different perspective. We had a school charity fundraiser. Right. So people are encouraged to give um, donation items, you know, stuff like we've done to help the TRF on the racing side. And I did like a day out at Belmont Park, you know, um, we're, you know sitting with us and you know me, me and Susan and talking through their the races and we even included like a uh I think a bottle of whiskey in the thing no bids no bids for the day <laughs> no bids <laughs> at the private school uh for the for the day at the track it's like I, I just that's not that wouldn't have been the case I think even 10 years ago you know I I just I don't know I, I like yesterday this is turning into another therapy session for me like the show was yesterday but I just I don't know and I don't know if the right people are listening to this show because obviously we're more we, we might be print preaching to the choir here with our, our horse players and our, our you know entrenched fans, but it's uh we can't we're not gonna stop talking about it because because it's if it doesn't change, you know, like you said, we're not gonna get these uh uh we're not gonna get to the finish line with horse racing in, in our in our careers and and maybe that's okay, you know, but I, I sure as someone also who has affection with it way beyond a a way to make a living, um, I don't want to give up without, without a fight. And what do I have? I've got my pen and my mouth. And and so those are the, those are the tools I'm using um, for, from this, from this vantage point. I mean, like when you look at somebody like me, I mean, do you just think like I'm an idiot who should be using these, using these skills in other, in other ways, or do you have some sympathy for the idea that I've tried to make a life in horse racing?
1: No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great that you have. I, I do look at you know, like you and um, other people. You know, I look with envy almost because if this all goes tits up, uh, you know, you could use the skill set that you have in, in another industry and, and continue on with life. If you know, it, it's going to be welcome to Walmart. I'm Sean. How can I help you if, if the industry implodes here? So.
0: A noble um, profession. The greeter is a noble profession. I, think, I take absolutely. the point. I,
1: mean, I couldn't think of anything better I'd want to do with my time than stay at Walmart <laughs> and talk to people all day.
0: What about sports gambling? I mean, it, it, as even before you made that last observation, I was thinking when you were talking about it as more something purely financial and something I know you have at least a little bit of a background of messing around with. Has Did that ever occur to you as a way that you'd want to make a living
1: I mean I've certainly thought about it but you know the little bit that I've sort of researched and just paid attention I, I sort of see that side of the gambling industry very quickly moving more towards racing than the opposite you know I, mm-hmm. I think takeout's going to just continue to increase on sports betting than, than the opposite I think you know I have I have no desire to have you know fifty accounts going and have to juggle where you get your money down and, and do all that nonsense. Um, and I, you know, and I, I think I think you're gonna have the same issues with modelers and, and sort of computer players in those in those markets as you do in racing, if you're not the first you know, one of the first in there, you might as well just be the last because they're gonna you know they're going to have such a big advantage on you, um, so I don't, I don't look at that as like an alternative to make a living. You no, know? there'd have to I be. I would just, you know, I would just have to completely sort of reinvent myself if, if, if I had to, you know, because i you know, I'd, you know I'm not having a work history in 20 years, I'm not having a college degree, it'd be very hard for me to just go say, "Hey, hire me to do this." So I would just have to figure out. Something else.
0: Um, would you ever? Would you ever cross over to the quote-unquote dark side and work for a team? There's a lot of stories of horse players doing that now.
1: I mean, of course I would. If I had to, if it was between working for a computer team or, or providing for my family, I, of course I would. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, the computer teams. I, I don't like all the advantages they have. And it's certainly not a fair marketplace and it's not a healthy marketplace, but I don't think they should not be in the pools. I mean, they're not, you know, an evil entity. They just, they're catered to too much. Right. they didn't, you know, the, the industry didn't have the foresight to to think of what they could do when given all the advantages they've been given, you know, which isn't surprising. I mean, the industry didn't have the foresight to price their, export signal well enough to you know they they, they haven't you let's know, say thing it's just a it's just a shitty. It, it's a poorly run industry i mean they just you know they they take $1 today and sacrifice $5 down the road that's just the way it is uh, but yeah i would certainly i would certainly work for a computer team hard to argue with that
0: hard to argue with with anything you said there I I, uh, I got to be honest with you the the there's the so many so many fundamental things but I, I think your take on the computer teams is actually I think that's really good and it's something I want to talk I want to have more CAw chatter and I, I tease this a few weeks ago and even lined up a couple of guests and then, you know, with the way Derby week went, I just didn't think anybody for these couple of weeks needed a show about, um, the CAW stuff, but we're going to get there. I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to do it at a time when it, you know, it just felt like we might get, I just felt like it wasn't nobody's going to hear it. Nobody's going to hear any of the messages in the midst of what to me is a more acute crisis. But it, obviously, um, it's a topic I'm super interested in, and we will be tackling it probably by the end of this Triple Crown series. I have a few different ideas of people I want to talk to to maybe develop a little bit more of a nuanced um, look at the at, at the topic. But I really like the way you framed it there. It's almost like you're saying, "Well, this is by." not an inherent evil. And even the things that have happened that aren't fair, aren't, you know, they're business people trying to get the best deal for themselves. That's, that's ethical. (laughs) It's, it's what's, it's how that's been accommodated and dealt with where the, where the issues might lie. Um, I do want to talk to you about what's going on in, uh, in Baltimore. Did you, have you had a chance to look at the, look at the Preakness at all?
1: No, I haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with most of the horses. I would say the local horses probably not, um, but I mean to me, it just it just sort of seems like a two horse race.
0: Yeah, I mean on paper, I've I've it's the most obvious two horse race since that uh, California Chrome Arrogant Breeders Cup. You know, yeah. it's it's I just can't, and it's weird because this is one where I guess because the way that I'm seeing it, it, it feels like it's not one of these where one's going to seems likely to crack the other. It feels like it's gotta be this exacta, which I don't often feel. Um, and it made me, my bre my brain ran to the idea of, can we find a, you know, the equivalent of a default, a default super in here to maybe mess around with just coming up with very few combinations, locking those two on top, and then trying to find either a stinger to get third or fourth, or just to, to, you know, uh, pick the race third and fourth and, and come up with a, a way to maybe bet this race. Do you think that might be a viable approach?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, that's really the only approach is just, you know, figure out if you can separate the top two and just play like a one-way exacta if you think you're getting any value there at all or do exactly what you're saying. Just play like a cold cold try to a price horse in third or... Um, You know, it's in the kind of race where you want to be getting in there and mixing around a bunch of combinations. I don't think if the the top end is going to be so short. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I think I think Red Route One could be interesting to be that horse that you'd key in third or fourth in a in a super like that. A horse that should be finishing. You know, obviously the last run was on Lasix, which gives me a little bit of uh, a little bit of pause. But you know, it wasn't the greatest uh, ride to say the least from that horse in the Arkansas Derby and I don't think can beat the top two, but I feel like the, the, there's, I have enough question marks about the other logicals to run third and fourth that, that I kind of like the idea of pressing that one in there. I mean, that horse right now is huge in international markets um, and maybe there'll be a bit of a gulf between blazing sevens, and national treasure and him, you know, maybe it'd be like a fifth choice. You could sort of make have to be third and, and do something like that. This I'm just, I haven't, I'm sort of just spitballing here, but th- th- that's, that's one approach that makes sense. How does, we'll get to the top two eventually, but how does specifically red route one look on your stuff?
1: I mean, not that good, really. He's going to be so far back and he doesn't, I mean, he finishes. Okay. But he doesn't finish tremendously um so he looks a little like suckery to me you know Interesting. Like he, the the logical one to come running that just actually won't come running maybe um
0: blazing sevens and national treasure looks significantly better than him
1: yes yeah But okay. national treasure actually looks pretty good now that i'm taking a glance at him he doesn't he doesn't look bad at all but i mean what's he gonna be third choice
0: Exactly. I mean, he has so much to find on figures, and he's going to be four or five to one, right? So, but it's it's upsetting that he looks good. I was hoping he wouldn't look good on your stuff, and it's the kind of thing where in that super, maybe you try to make a play against him or against Blazing Sevens, you know?
1: but I think Blazing Sevens, you know, I just pulled him up here. He doesn't look good at all to me. Um, So that would be one. I think you could maybe. Fade that horse if he's third or fourth choice.
0: Yeah, I think he's got to be fourth choice.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't like him at all. Looking at him, that Bluegrass has turned out to be not a great race, in my opinion.
0: No, I mean it's weird because it's not like all the figures have declined majorly. But how often do you see eight to come back? None have even hit the board, you know. And there's been some. I mean, you know, I suppose you can excuse verifying a little bit from the post and the way things went in the Derby, but th- th- there's just a lot of blah form coming out of that race. So I think you might be right. I mean, the way you're seeing it, you could almost, if you can separate the top two, you could have your cold try.
1: <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Let's talk about another Is there anybody else in that field? That's worth talking about?
0: Honestly, I mean, worth talking about. Yes, but perform would probably be the next in the betting. And I mean, he's a slow horse, you know. He really he got a great setup last time. Was I mean, last turning in somehow got up to win, but the but he was ten to one there, and the race didn't come back fast. And you know, I I he just he doesn't. I think he'll catch a lot of money, and I I don't think he, you know, I like. I mean, on what I'm seeing, I like Red Rat One a lot better than him for that fourth spot, and I think he'll be shorter than Red Rat One.
1: Yeah, you know, the race may not be bettable <laughs> the more you look at it. But these Triple Crown races, sometimes they'll just, you know, sometimes there's some goofy tote stuff that you just sort of have to be on your toes and pay attention to that presents some opportunity. But it doesn't yep. look, uh, it doesn't look great right here.
0: Pretty confident I won't make a better bet in the Preakness than the Preakness future wager bet that we that, that's already been made on, on first mission locked in at six or seven to one. Let's talk about trying to separate first mission from Mage because the commercial figure from the Lexington on first mission, I think was a 98, but I've seen some other sources that have it faster. The one form clue we have from the Lexington is extremely positive, which is the fact that uh, Disarm came back to run as well as he did in the Kentucky Derby. So on a straight, and I know this is dangerous, especially with improving three-year-olds this time of year, but in a straight collateral form line through Disarm, you'd want to rate First Mission and Mage a lot closer than the market's going to have them. And then I also just think that um, First Mission is likely to get a much better trip breaking from the outside can go forward. If nobody wants it probably gets the same trip as the last day stalking, whoever the speed ends up being, which I guess will be some combination of um, national treasure. I mean, if you're coffee with Chris, they're bothering to go in the race. You'd think they would dead send. We'll see if he's fast enough to, to make the lead um, against a runner like the rail horse. But anyway, I just think almost no matter what happens, first mission gets a good trip. I just can't say that for sure about mage.
1: It's gonna be interesting to see how they ride Mage. Where did he draw? I didn't see I missed the draw yesterday.
0: He is in the three. You gotta figure they're gonna to want to go more forward than he's been in the last two.
1: I would think so. He can certainly do that. I mean he's a he's a very versatile horse. yeah, um, so I would think he's probably upper mid pack.
0: Yeah, I see him in my reckoning of the race still being behind first mission. But, I mean, if he's as far back as he's been the last two days, it's going to be – could be really tough. I mean, he's fast enough and talented enough. Maybe he wins from last. But if I bet him at even money, it's not the trip I'd want to see.
1: No, that would be a mistake if they're last. That would be, I mean, if they're last behind Red Route 1 and uh, perform, they've made a, a tremendous mistake. That would be just awful. No, but he,
0: even on the time form projector interestingly with those two tardy last races beginning factoring into their algorithm they still have the horse only you know i don't know what this equates to five or six lengths off the lead i think that would be that that would be fine the way this horse
1: is mm-hmm. finished yeah no i think that would be that would be really good I, maybe a little farther back than i' want to see i don't see a ton of pace in this race now sometimes it comes out of nowhere in these triple crown races but You know, the the top three in the market just all sort of figure to get perfectly fine trips to me. It's going to be hard to. I mean, looking at the rest of this field, it's going to be hard to get all three of them out of any of those three out of the super. Yeah. Um, But separating them, I mean, I think National Treasures are cut below those other two. Separating First Mission and Mage is, I would lean Mage just a little but it's sort of close.
0: And then we got to obviously, so I want to ask you about this. Are you saying you'd lean mage even with the idea? I'll just guess, but I'm thinking it's mage even money and first mission two to one, five to two. You'd still want a little bit. You don't think that's enough value to sort of tilt your play towards the second. I mean, I think mage is the most likely winner, but I'm still picking first mission because I'm pretty sure he'll be better value.
1: Yeah. Um, I think if Mage is even money and first mission is two to one, that's probably too close. I think Mage is better than first mission
0: Signific. on my
1: stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, what did you have the figure I, for first mission in the Lex?
1: I gave him a hundred. You know, it's funny. I, this is where you know my sort of internal stuff is the real separator because I have them running the same figure. I, I have them both running a hundred, um, but Mage did it. A little more efficiently and finished better and um, first mission did it you know less efficiently and, and didn't finish as well so um but you know first mission only started three times and, and ran much better on my stuff without LASIKs. so he could jump forward again i don't know it's very close it's it's just it's very close and i I don't anticipate actually making a play in here the more we sit here and hash it out.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard unless there's something just very strange that happens um, in the, in the markets, but you know, we've seen that in triple crown races before. I mean, you just remember this race last year, granted it was rich strike effect to the, to the, to the hoop. But I mean, there were a couple of horses that had no business taking money going off at at all take going off at single digit odds. Um so yeah, I mean if first mission somehow ends up three to one instead, I'd be okay just taking that shot. Or honestly if Mage somehow ends up six to five, I can't imagine he will. But if he did, I, I could I could see, you know, getting getting involved in that in that direction as well. But yeah, from here, it's not a strong play other than just sitting on the previously advised six to one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to have that bet at this point.
0: Not, not nothing too bad. Um, you were on the Monster Pod, weren't you? Did you did you make a? You, we must have made a bet for you in the in the future pool. Do you have anything alive here?
1: No, I think I I think I ended up going with Angel Vampire.
0: Okay, well, it made sense. I was watching yeah. that tape again. That,
1: was, the more I thought about it, it, it didn't make a ton of sense. Unless he won the Derby, he wasn't. Here. But right. well, I also didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it and don't ever <laughs> bet these future you. things. Though.
0: He didn't prep you for that when he asked you on the spot?
1: No, I mean he prepped me twenty minutes beforehand, maybe, and I didn't sit there for twenty minutes thinking about the previous future bet, because up until he put me I didn't even know it existed. So <laughs> Well
0: that was the point. That was the point. <laughs> yeah. out there. Um what how does How does Angel of Empire look going forward on your stuff? Just watching the tape again, it was one of those where you know, live I never thought, live I never thought he was winning, but like at, watching the tape, there was a moment where maybe he was. You know, he really ran pretty well.
1: Yeah, he did run. He did run well. Um, I I think he looks pretty pretty good going forward. He's, you know, his. His internal fractions went up by, let's see, three links and five or six links, and he still finished the same. Ran, you know, ran his best figure. Um, I think he looks. I think he looks really good. I would like yeah. to see a little more tactical speed. You know, at some point as he continues to progress, um, which I think is possible, the way his sort of internals are, are increasing. Um, but yeah, he looks, he looks, he looks pretty damn good to me. Have you looked legitimate Travers horse?
0: Yeah, have you looked if they're taught what they're talking about for him? I could, I can check while we're talking. I'm actually parallel parking while doing a podcast. I never this is new for me, so if I sound a little distracted, that's because I am. But I'm a professional, and I think I can fake it. But have, do you have any idea what his next target will be?
1: I don't. I just sort of assume it's the Travers. I mean, there's probably something in between. Um, but I would say that's the the long term, well, the midterm goal, and then, I and mean, with a horse like that, you've got to be thinking classic, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Let me see. Let me see if there's any chatter about the Belmont, or if that's one of these horses for whom the uh, the the distance might be uh, disqualifying for something for something like that. Does he look? Does he look on your stuff like one who will stretch out? Who angel? Who angel?
1: yeah i think he looks fine yeah he just ran his best race at 10 so i don't know i don't know why he wouldn't let me take
0: a look at that uh the 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 stakes that stakes tracker that they do on um which website is it i'll give it credit when i find it um but there's i think it's horse racing nation does uh it from far from a far way out and maybe we'll, we'll see what we'll see what they're saying to that one speaking of Belmont are you excited for your for your trip to the city
1: I am excited yeah very excited
0: yep. when was the last time you were here
1: oh gosh um it's been a while let's see we were up there you know, it's had to have been at least ten years because it was before Maggie was born so been a long time.
0: Yeah. I'm going to toot our own horn here on in the money this entire time, since I mentioned it, I've been trying to get to this, um, feature of the website to look at these probables. And I'm, I'm not joking. I've, I think I've clicked about six pop-up ads. So if, <laughs> if for nothing else, support in the money plus, so you will never have to go for the money grab of, uh, of doing this to our poor, uh, to our poor readers. Jeez Louise, this is unpleasant stuff. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's going to be fun to have you. And I, I hope you'll be in for all the, all the traditional meals that week.
1: Oh, I'm in man. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm coming along for, for the whole ride.
0: That's awesome. No, it should be, it should be fun. What made, was there a particular impetus that made you want to, made made you, you want to catch this one?
1: Uh, yes, it was my wife's travel schedule, and the workload that that laid upon my feet. So I just said, you know what, I'm getting out of town for a little bit. You watch the kids while I go to the Belmont. I've never been, and I want to go. That's, that's awesome. what it was. I hate to say that, but that's that's what put the idea in my head.
0: That's pretty funny. All right, we have a situation here on the road. Somebody has now double parked right across from me and this truck is completely blocked. And I don't even know, I don't even think if I move, the truck's going to be able to get through. So I'm tempted to just stay where I am until the driver comes out to chat with me. And then I'll ask him and and potentially move it. I can edit this out or leave it in depending on uh, how it all plays out. But my main thing is why did this idiot park where he did when you're on a street here where everybody's double parked and he had a million safe places to do it. So Anyway, just P- just possible a
1: racing up. executive.
0: <laughs> right now, Belmont probables listed as Mage, Archangelo, Kingsbarns, Sun Thunder, Tapit, Trice, and Confidence Game. How much, as a fan, are you hoping Mage wins on Saturday so you can uh, have a chance to see a Triple Crown for your your trip to the Big Apple?
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, absolutely, that would be awesome. Yeah, the only time I attempted the Belmont was when Funny Side was going for it, and I ended up not going, not not going to the race.
0: Well, it saved you. um, It was a great overlay on Empire Maker, but if you were just if you were going to see the Triple Crown, obviously it would have been a little bit disappointing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, full disclosure, I was going to meet a chick, so we decided (laughs) (laughs) we decided to not get in that rainstorm and just watch the race somewhere else.
0: That's very, very funny. Uh, All right. Well, I got to deal with this guy, I think, because he's not coming to me. I don't know what's going on here on the street, Sean, but I feel like we've covered a fair amount of ground on today's show. Was there anything you definitely wanted to get into that we can, I I should call you back after I uh, get myself out of this jackpot or, or, or what are you thinking?
1: No, I think that's good. I, I do have a question. Are we going to try to do an emergency JK weddings pod from Amalfi somewhere? Oh, that's
0: brilliant. Yes, maybe
1: maybe from the reception we could just record ten to fifteen minutes of. I
0: love it. Of what I the hell's
1: going on there? Um, oh. I think that could be fun. But no, other, nice. other than that, I've got nothing. When do you fly? We leave a week from yesterday, so we're leaving Monday morning getting there Tuesday morning in Rome.
0: Oh, spending a few
1: days in Rome and then going to the Amalfi and spending I don't know, four days there, four, four nights, five days, something like that.
0: Beautiful. Well, I will see you there, and that'll probably be the next time we do a pod, too. So uh, awesome. enjoy Preakness Weekend, and we'll be
1: talking soon. All right, my man. Good talking to you.
0: For Sean Borman, I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.